Hey guys, and welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, and I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hey guys! So today we will have a quick news update. We have a little bit of news to talk about, including the fact that Maggie Haney was seen running it with some of her gymnasts outside of MG Lee, even though she's on the suspended list. We also talk about the Deadspin article about Jordan Weber that came out, and we also talk about some of the universities that are losing their gymnastics programs after this season, plus a little bit more. In the second half of the episode, we share with you guys our story as gym fans. So we take you all the way back to 2004 when we were eight years old, two little girls just becoming obsessed with the sport of gymnastics and how we sort of evolved through the years into the gymnastics fans that we are today, the professionals that we are today, at least we try to be professional. (laughs) So we share with you our entire journey as gym fans. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Real quick, before we get into the episode, we want to take a second to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters, Faith M, Rydog, Dominique D, Elaine E, Blake B, Cindy M, and Bree C. Seriously, thank you guys. Your support means so much to us, and there's a lot that we want to do with this podcast going forward to help it grow. We want to be able to do transcriptions and to have a website where it's easy to find all of our episodes in one place. So that's where your support money will go. If you are not a Patreon member and you are interested in becoming one, we have the link to our Patreon in the show notes. We have three tiers ranging anywhere from $1 a month to $5 a month. So if you're interested in finding out any of the details of that and what exactly you get with each level, again, the link to our Patreon will be in the show notes down below. Thank you so much to all of our supporters. All right, so we want to start by talking about some of the news that's happened within the past week. And the first thing that I want to talk about is Denver's Lindsey Brown announcing that she's interested in trying to represent Haiti at the Paris Olympics in 2024. So Lindsey's dad is actually Haitian, which I didn't know that. So I didn't know that she was even eligible for dual citizenship. Yeah, I had no idea either. I saw that on Twitter and I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's really, no that's really exciting. Um, so if you guys don't know for some reason, Lindsey is currently a senior at Denver University. Last season, she actually injured her Achilles, and she's not eligible for an additional year, a fifth year, because she was injured, I think, at the end of February, Mm -hmm. so she missed the deadline for that. So she has one more year at Denver, and then, yeah, she has plans to pursue the elite route. And that's really exciting, one, because she was never an elite before. She was a level 10 gymnast, so to see her going into the elite ranks, I think that's going to be really cool. Also, Haiti has never had a gymnast at the Olympics. So I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. They haven't, at least to my knowledge. So that I don't would believe be, so. That would be really, really cool. And then I also like that she's kind of changing the narrative in gymnastics. I feel like there's this misconception that gymnasts peak when they're 16 or, you know, once you become an adult or after you graduate from college, you're supposed to retire and just move on with your life. But... I feel like it's kind of proven that you can be an adult and still be good at gymnastics. I mean, one, hello, Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast of all time, is 23 years old. And look at all the amazing things that she's done so far in her career being, you know, way over the age of 16. Mm -hmm. 
Also, there's athletes like Mohini Bhardwaz. She was an elite gymnast for several years, and then she went to college. She was a gymnast at UCLA, and then she actually went back to elite, and she made the 2004 Olympic team and helped the team win a silver medal. So Yeah, she was an elite back in 96. Me and you were watching the 96 Olympic trials over the past weekend, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that she was an elite back then. Yeah, she was an elite for many years, and then she went to college, and then she decided to come back, and, and she she's was, better. she was still successful. So she was 26. And then also that same Olympics, Anya Hatch was also 26. So there was two members of that team in 2004 that were 26, which is, you know, pretty up there in the gymnastics world in terms of age. Chuso, however, (laughs) is a different story. (laughs) She's 45 right now and she's completely on a different level. Yeah. And then there's also like Chelsea Memo. mm -hmm. She's currently 32 and she's looking better than she ever has in her entire career. Yeah. There's so many athletes that are competing as adults and they're being successful. So I think it's totally possible and I think that narrative of you had to be 16 years old to be successful or you know under the age of 18 whatever you know you can be an adult and still be an elite gymnast and accomplish great things. And I think it sometimes works to your advantage even not only like physically you could be in better shape but I feel like mentally you're stronger as an adult than you may be at the age of 16 or 17 or even 18. And that's very So true. I feel like that's an advantage that could work in her favor. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to see what she can accomplish. She's absolutely killing it at Denver. So Yeah, she's one of their greatest. I feel like she has a legitimate shot of not only making it to the Olympics for Haiti, but potentially doing really well. I mean, obviously it's going to depend on what kind of skills she's doing, what her routines look like. You know, there's so many unknowns right now with it. But and the composition between elite routines and college routines are very different. Mm-hmm. So that will be like an adjustment period for her, I'm sure. But I'm optimistic. I feel like she could be really successful as an elite gymnast. So I'm really looking forward to that. Another thing I want to talk about on the topic of college news is there's a lot of schools cutting their gymnastics programs right now, which is really, really sad. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. So William and Mary announced that they are closing both their men's and their women's programs after the 2021 season. So if there's a season this year, it'll be the last season for them. And I feel like that's mostly concerning for men's gymnastics in particular, because I think they're only down to like 13 programs. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of sketch. And I Iowa just recently cut their men's program as well, so Mm -hmm. things are not looking good. And then also on the women's side, there was Alaska that recently announced they were cutting their program, Seattle Pacific. There's so many teams that are just suffering right now, and I think a lot of it is you know, just looking at what happened with the coronavirus and the whole pandemic. And I feel like universities, some universities in particular, are really struggling to kind of overcome that. Mm -hmm. And when a university is struggling financially, they look at ways that they can save money. And a lot of the times they look in the athletic programs and they see what sports are not bringing in as much attention, you know, not bringing in as much revenue. And that's when they start making cuts. So they usually start at the bottom of the totem pole. And, you know, that's sometimes depending on the university obviously when you have like bigger schools like UCLA and Florida they have like really well known you know successful gymnastics teams they're more likely not to get cut during times like no because they're like the, a big money maker for the university right but when you go to a smaller school you know like William and Mary or Alaska and you take a program that's not super successful in the gymnastics world you know they're not bringing in thousands of fans they're not making a lot of money off the gymnastics program that's when they're going to make cuts. Well, not even just in the gymnastics world, but you compare that to other sports at that university. You know, a school like Bama, for example, or the University of Michigan, 
the football programs bring in so much money. And so we know that the colleges are hurting right now from losing out on their seasons right. and the tickets and all the money they make off of their football seasons. I'm not completely in the know with football, so I don't know as far as like all the conferences, what's going on. I just happen to know that the MAC conference and the Big Ten conference, they did cancel their football season. So, yeah. And I'm sure others have as well. I'm just, I'm not really in the know with football, but it's exactly that. It's like they're, they're already losing money because these universities are having to fork out so much to make the classrooms and the university like safe to go back because of the coronavirus. And so they're already kind of losing so much money there. You have students that aren't going because of this. So they're losing out on tuition. Parking. And- Yep. There's so many things that go into, you know, running a school financially, of course. And then, you know, when something like this happens, they look for any way that they can save money. And unfortunately, it's they they usually go to the sports teams. That's one of the first places they look. And like I said, they look for teams that don't bring in a lot of revenue for the university. So which is a shame because I feel like, you know, college gymnastics has been on the rise. Yeah. Especially on the women's side. But I I feel like even for men, just the sport of gymnastics in general, is bad on the rise, especially in college. It's a hot sport. <laughs> yeah. So it's a shame to see so many teams being cut, not only just this season, but even last season. It just seems like it's slowly, like, chipping away. Mm-hmm. And I'm mostly concerned for the men's side. So it's really unfortunate. In more exciting and uplifting college news, Jeffrey Scott from Gage announced her commitment to the University of Florida, and she will be joining in the class of 2022, which I am super excited about. I love Jeffrey. She's a beautiful gymnast. I feel like she's really underrated, Mm -hmm. and it might just be because she has been injured a lot, so I feel like she hasn't competed as much as we would, you know, like to see, and therefore doesn't get as much attention as she deserves, but she's a beautiful gymnast. She's one of those gymnasts that I could totally see going to college and getting a million tons because her technique yeah. and form is just so perfect. <laughs> I also want to mention she posted a video of her doing a twaddle, which is a Toan Takacha with a half turn, if you don't know that. So she did a twaddle into a Jaeger. So, which is like a really unique combination. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love don't it. think she'll be bringing it to college, but Probably still not, cool but, either way. <laughs> but that's really exciting. So yeah, it's a big her. catch for Florida. This week, we also learned that the Pack Rim Championships are being canceled, which, you know, we were talking about college domestic concerns. We're going back down to the negative news again here because, you know, there's a lot of talk of what's going to happen with not only college domestic season, but the elite season. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be Olympic trials? Is there going to be Olympics? Is there even going to be any gymnastics at all this year or next year. I feel like this is not a good sign. No, I feel like it's not either. I'm still kind of trying to be like optimistic and I'm holding out for, you know, this whole situation getting better and that there will be an Olympics, but that's just me just trying to stay positive here. Having meets get canceled is definitely not a good sign. We already, you know, lost the host of the World Championships for 2021. And I don't think we've heard any updates with that. So who knows what 2021 is going to look like. I'm a little nervous. I mean, I... It's, you know, at one point I was thinking if there are meets, maybe they'll do it like spectator free. But hearing news that Pack Rims was canceled... Definitely concerns me. It scares me a little bit well, that's for my what... sanity next year when there's no gymnastics. <laughs> right. Well, and also, that's one of the meets that somebody will use to qualify a spot to the Olympics, you know, the continental route. So yeah. that's a little concerning as well. That How they're going to, like, work that out. Yeah. So that's some news that I wish we did not have to hear. But still keeping our fingers crossed and hoping for a miracle here. 
I feel like we have a lot of, like, not happy news this week, because I feel like this next topic, I mean, it's not necessarily that it's not happy, but it's also kind of like, meh. Unfortunately, I feel like that's just been gymnastics lately. It's just been not a lot of good news. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hopeful that things will turn around. I feel like we're heading in the right direction with the sport, but... So, there was a Deadspin article about Jordan Weber, although it kind of ended up turning into, like, a weird Miss Vale... Of course it did. ...piece. I don't, I don't even know. The article was supposed to be about, from the title, how Jordan won't be attending her Hall of Fame induction because she's pissed off at USAG, which, don't blame you, girlfriend. Right. 100% we're with you on that. But, um, I had a couple of problems with this article, and I know a lot of the gym internet felt this way. The biggest thing for me was some of the errors and inaccuracies. It kind of felt like this piece was poorly researched. It was clearly written by somebody who literally knew nothing about gymnastics. Those are my favorite articles. Yeah, me too. They're a lot of fun to read. There was like little like typos here and there. And then just some misinformation, I feel like. So... One of the things was that Miss Vale was going to be Jordan's coach at UCLA, which I guess in a sense at one point in time she was, but this article was trying to almost like spin the narrative that Jordan was at the Olympics having like the worst meet of her life, the worst experience of her life, and you know, Miss Vale traveled all the way there to watch her future athlete compete in the Olympics and Did Miss Vale actually go to London? I mean she might have, like to be honest with you, I don't know. I didn't didn't pay attention hmm. to that type of shit back then, yeah. but um, I'm not doubting that she was there. It was more just like the fact that she was going to support her future athlete, change her life. Yeah, kind of. It's like she was supposed to be like Jordan's savior in life. Well. Val was also talking about how, you know, Jordan, when she was crying, when she didn't make the all-around final, and John Goddard was nowhere in sight. And, and like, I'm not trying to defend John Goddard, because we all know he's, like, a trash monster, but, like, <laughs> I don't think he was allowed on the floor. No, only one coach could be on the floor at a time, and Jenny well, was She's, like, there. acting like she was disgusted by the fact that, like, Jordan's sobbing on the floor, and John is nowhere to be found, and I would never do that to her. I but mean, I'm like, okay, like... I, I get it. Like, John's a piece of shit. Like, I'm agreeing on that part, but I don't think he was allowed to be on the floor. So, like, I don't think you can really, like, use that against him to, like, spin the narrative that you're so much better. Yeah, I mean, unless there's something that I'm not understanding about it, I was under the impression that you could only have one coach on the floor at a time. Yes, and it was and Jenny. Since, and since the competition was still going on at that point, like, I don't think he was allowed down there because no. Jenny was down there for that event. Yeah, and know. Jenny was the one, like, comforting... Jordan. Right, yeah, she was the one, like, hugging Jordan and, you know, being there for her in that really difficult time. The article also talked about how Getter's closed last year due to him retiring, but I'm like, uh, like, question mark, question mark, question mark, what? Because <laughs> Getter's is open. It's not open, like, at this exact moment in time, as far as I know, because gyms in Michigan are closed. But, like, that's why Getter's is closed right now, because every gym in Michigan is closed. Which, by the way, they open up next week on Tuesday. Woo-woo! But, like, that's why Getter's is closed. It has nothing to do with John retiring. Je like, it's not... The gym is, like, operating. There's current well, and athletes. It, and it, it's been operating for a while. Like, John peaced out, and then the gym was still running. Right. Like, girls were still going to that gym. I am kind of curious what's going to happen in the future. 
because I happen to notice that Brett Wargo, who is, he was the coach that was kind of alongside John, especially with some of the elites that came after Jordan. So like Delaney Harkness or Alyssa Alashari, he was down on the floor. It was kind of like John was preparing him to take over, maybe anticipating what was going to happen, all the chaos that was going to ensue. Yeah. But he left Getters. Oh, did he? He's no longer there. Oh. And I'm not exactly sure what his plans are, where he's going, but I saw a post on social media, you know, know a a farewell post to him so interesting I I don't know if that means maybe the gym is going to close or maybe he's just leaving but he was kind of the main guy he's coaching they don't have any current elite gymnasts and he's coaching all of the level 10s last I knew yeah so John was kind of like the main guy with Brett Wargo is like the, the the backup guy with Catherine but now that he's gone I don't know what that means for the future of the gym. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Yeah, but I guess either way, back to the original point, this article, it had just a lot of like inaccuracies and like things that like if you are a gymnastics fan or you know anything about gymnastics and you kind of like pay attention to things, um, just didn't really like add up, didn't really make sense. So that was kind of like annoying. The other thing that didn't really sit well with me was the mention of Miss Val forcing hugs on Jordan. So there was an instance where Val wanted to hug Jordan and Jordan's mom, Rita, basically said that Jordan's like not a big hugger. Like she's not big on that. And she said... Which is okay. Right. You don't have to like hugs. And Val said something to the effect of like, you need to get used to this because I'm a hugger. And I just think that's a little bit strange considering that she's, you know, always preaching about consent and she's advocated for survivors of sexual abuse, you know, girls who have been either violated or taken advantage of. So the fact that she's always advocating for that, yet she doesn't respect her own athletes' boundaries when it comes to them, you know, not wanting to be hugged is a little bit, like, strange to me. Yeah, that's really odd coming from her, of all people. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really make sense. To, like, force a hug on someone. Like, oh, you better get used to this because I'm, you know, I'm like this. I like to hug people. Well, that kind of reminds me, too, of in her book, she talked about when she, you know, had breast cancer and she had the team, like, basically feel the lump in her breasts, which... That is, like, so that's weird. weird yeah i mean i understand if like somebody's curious and they ask like hey can i feel it or whatever i feel I like mean, i that, would never do that to my that, coach that still, but that's still okay kind of, that's still kind of weird but I, I guess where i'm going with that is if like they wanted it like they sought it out the opportunity to feel her breast cancer then like go for it i guess but to like make that like a team activity <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonding activity that's so freaking weird it's just, it's just odd i don't know how to feel about it <laughs> I guess, in summary, this article was kind of a hot mess, and I didn't like how it went from, like, a piece about Jordan and how she doesn't want to be a part of, like, any of the festivities for the Hall of Fame induction, and it eventually ended up turning into, like, how Miss Vale saved her life. Which, given everything that's been going on with Miss Vale lately, I feel like... Can we not try to paint Miss Val in a positive light right now when people are clearly upset with her? The only thing I might say to that point is that it's possible this article was written before... That's true. All this came out because that's very recent. And it just got published. Yeah, so maybe it's just very very ironic, bad timing. That's a possibility, but either way... Didn't sit well with me. Mm-mm. I'm just glad that Jordan's staying strong and being like, F you to USA Gymnastics and mm-hmm. knowing that coming to your stupid Hall of Fame. So <laughs> go, go Jordan, honestly. Like, get it. Like, yeah. I'm proud of her. One last piece of, hmm, what do you call this news? Controversy. Controversial news. There we go. 
So, Maggie Haney, who of course was suspended by USA Gymnastics for eight years after numerous allegations of abuse, all forms of abuse. We got physical, emotional, verbal. Yeah, completely like across the spectrum, abuse in every sense of the word. Well, she was seen outside of MG Elite running, like like jogging, like exercising, with two athletes. Young athletes. They look pretty young. And here's the thing. So she's technically not violating her suspension with USA Gymnastics in any way because she did not renew the gym's USA Gymnastics membership. Right. So the gym is not currently a member of USA Gymnastics, which is what, you know, the details of her suspension include. She can't go to any events that are sanctioned by USA Gymnastics. She cannot coach or go into any gyms that are members of USA Gymnastics. So basically she cannot have any affiliation with USA Gymnastics, but she technically doesn't because MG Elite is no longer a member of USA Gymnastics. So interesting that she's kind of found the loophole in this where she can still be coaching. Did we not predict this? Like I feel like in our episode where we talk about Maggie Haney's eight-year suspension, I'm pretty sure we mentioned that as a point we figured she was gonna find a loophole and I feel like sneak this, her way back this was all of our worst nightmare and it's already happening like it did, she didn't even wait like a couple months to let the nightmare <laughs> ensue like she literally was like boom i'm suspended and i'm still coaching mine yeah i feel like that's typical like manipulator tactic mm-hmm. though and i you know really shouldn't be surprised by that so she claims or a spokesperson for her claims i don't know what the heck that means she has a spokesperson now apparently <laughs> well um, when you're a controversial figure you have a spokesperson <laughs> yeah i guess well they say that she's not coaching but there's been people following her Venmo and seeing that she's had, over the summer, athletes sending her tuition. So she's not coaching, hmm. but she's still getting paid tuition. Funny. And then she's just jogging with athletes outside the gym for fun. Wasn't there some, like, quote from her spokesperson, too, that where they were like, she's not coaching them, she's exercising she's, with them. They are like, she's literally just exercising. And it's like, okay, I highly doubt she pulls up in the morning, goes for a jog with these girls, and then she leaves. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, she's clearly coaching them. Like, we're not dumb. I'm just not okay with it. I'm really uncomfortable with the the fact that she's coaching. Who would still, in their right mind, like, send their child to that gym to be coached by that woman? Someone that's brainwashed. Yeah. Someone that's been manipulated by her. Someone that thinks that they can trust her and that they're BFFs and they'll do anything for each other. Like, mm. she, if she has somebody in that loop. No, I, I get that. Like, w- with abusive people, that they can be really manipulative, they can be convincing, they can be charming in some ways. I get how people could fall into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point in time, if you're sending your child to this gym to be trained by Maggie... You would think that your hope would be to reach the elite level or to get a college scholarship. But with USA Gymnastics not, you know, supporting this gym, if if she's not a part of USA Gymnastics, MG Elite, then those kids at those gyms aren't, the kids at that gym are not going to be able to go elite. They're not going to be able to get a college scholarship or go go be a level 10 and compete. Like, it's not possible. What that means is... You know, even as far as just level 10. Elite's out of the question. You can't be an elite gymnast and not go to USA Gymnastics event. So that's out of the question. If you're talking level 10 or like a JO athlete, or excuse me, an Excel athlete. Yeah, an ace athlete. Or ace, sorry, not Excel. It was ace. Yes. (laughs) An ace athlete. Uh, If you're 
you know, that level, you kind of have to go to USA Gymnastics sanctioned events in order to get noticed by college coaches. Right, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, you can't go to JO Nationals, you can't go to regionals, you can't go to states, like, all the competitions that you kind of need to go to. So what's the point then? Like, wh- wh- where where is, where are you benefiting from being loyal to Maggie Haney when she can't even take your kid to the level that your kid wants to get to and or you know, could get to with another coach? Well, it would be interesting to know the ages of the girls that she's working with because it's possible that she thinks that she's going to, you know, stick with these girls, wait till her eight-year suspension is up, and then oh. at their college yeah, age. You know, even like her daughter. We, we talked about this in our episode about Maggie Haney where we went into the suspension and all that, but, you know, her daughter even, it's like I feel by the time she's old enough to go, you know, even be a senior elite or to college. I believe she'll be 16 by the time her mom's suspension is up. Right. So therefore she can still train or any girls that are around that age, they can still train with Maggie right now. And then by the time they need to be affiliated with USA Gymnastics again, they can be. And then everything will go smoothly for them. That's why I hope USA Gymnastics sees this and can somehow change the suspension. Like, because that shows that... I get that she's not technically violating anything. I, I understand that. But it, to me, it just shows that, like, she's not reflecting on what happened, her behaviors. She's taking the attitude of, like, these people are wrong. I'm being attacked. I did nothing wrong. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah, she clearly sees absolutely nothing wrong with any of her actions. I think she needs to take time away from the sport, personally. But obviously, she's not doing that. Which, so nothing is going to change. No. If she doesn't see anything wrong with what she did, then how can we expect her to come back in eight years and be a different person? She's still coaching. Mm-hmm. She hasn't learned anything. So She's going to come back and be the same person she was before. There's still going to be problems. Um, I hope and pray that USA Gymnastics is going to like see through this and something can be done about it. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know what, but... Yeah, I don't quite know what they can do. Like, I'm not sure, like, the technical, like, you know, the rules of the suspension or anything like that. I'm sure there's a lot of things they'd have to navigate to even figure out if they could do anything about her coaching and if that would affect her suspension in the long run. But it's definitely a red flag to me, and... I'm a little uncomfortable with it, just knowing her history and the fact that she's still working with young kids. She's still in a position where she can be taken advantage of and abusing these girls, and that makes me a little uncomfy. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, so moving on, we thought it would be fun to do a little segment on how we became gym fans and tell you guys more about who we are. I know last week you mentioned that we've gained some new followers and it's kind of continued to grow, you know, as the weeks have gone on, which is really exciting for us and we appreciate all of our listeners and all the new listeners that we've gained, but... I feel like we have so many people that probably don't know anything about us. So we just wanted to share with you guys some of our, you know, earliest memories as gym fans. Maybe share some fun stories from meeting gymnasts for the first time, you know, or like the first meet we ever went to. Just kind of share some fun details like that so you guys can get to know us more as gym fans and also as people. So the first time me and Brittany ever watched a gymnastics meet was in 2004, and it was actually the 2004 Olympic trials. We didn't watch it live, if I'm remembering correctly. I think we just had it recorded on a VHS tape. Yeah, for some reason, our mom just, like, 
recorded it. And then ever since then, we became hooked on gymnastics and we started recording every single gymnastics meet that was on TV. So we have still to this day a big box full of VHS tapes with every meet from the 2004 Olympic trials all the way up until 2013 American Cup, I think is when we stopped. Yeah, we were, uh, we just, I don't know why our mom decided to record it, but she did. Yeah. And then I think we watched that so many times. Like, before the Olympics, even, we watched the Olympic trials tape over and over and over again. We were just, like, hooked on it for some reason. We loved Carly Patterson. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just kind of evolved. We obviously watched the 2004 Olympics. I don't think we got to watch too much of it live, because we were pretty young back in 2004. I want to say we were, like, maybe eight years old. Yeah, I think we were, like, I'd have eight. to do the math on it to, to know for sure. But we were pretty young, and it was happening late at night, if I remember correctly. So our mom said we could stay up and watch it a little bit, but then me and Brittany started arguing about something in our bedroom, <laughs> and then our mom came in and turned it off as punishment. So, but we did have it recorded, at least the all-around final. So we watched that a million times over and over again, and then it, we just kind of became obsessed with it, honestly. I literally have the commentary from that meet, and from a lot of meets around that time. Mm-hmm. memorized just from watching it like every night when we got home from school we would watch gymnastics and that's why it was so cool when you know a couple months ago when they were airing a bunch of different olympics on tv they played at 2004 all around finals and that was really fun for us to watch just because that was kind of our first memory of watching gymnastics so it was fun to kind of relive that and almost you know put ourselves back where we were you know back in 2004 when we watched and we were loving carly patterson and yeah all that, it was really so- nostalgic yeah but from there we started to collect like magazines the first magazine we ever got was inside gymnastics so we have still to this day again a big box full of magazines we started collecting autographs cereal boxes pretty much everything that had gymnastics on it we would collect Mm -hmm. there was a point in time and i stopped doing this eventually just because it just got to be like i had so many things I just didn't have room for it to like store it all but there was a point where I was saving like every magazine article that was about gymnastics I saved every newspaper clipping about you know a gymnastics meet I have stuff from the 2004 Olympics like you know Carly Patterson on the front page Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff saved my grandma would always like cut stuff out of the newspapers and bring it over every time she came over so I do have a pretty big binder of just newspapers and magazines not the gymnastics magazine I have a whole storage container filled with gymnastics magazines. Like Brittany said, we started with Inside Gymnastics in like 2005 and then eventually we started subscribing to International Gymnasts. So we have quite a few of those and then lately we've been actually buying some of like the older issues. So we've bought some from like 96 and 1992, 2000, you know, before we even started watching the sport. So it's kind of fun just to look back at, you know, the magazines from that time when we weren't actually involved with the sport of gymnastics yet, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I want to go back and talk about me and Brittany's kind of beginning of, you know, being gymnastics fans and kind of what the gym turnout was like back in the day, I guess you could say. So anyone that's listening to this now who, you know, wasn't around back then, is probably not going to have any idea what we're talking about or it's going to sound like we're really, really old, which <laughs> we're actually not that old. It just maybe feels like it in terms of like how the internet's evolved. Yes. So back when we started watching gymnastics, 
basics. We didn't have computers. Well, the computers existed. We just personally didn't have one at our house. And we also didn't have internet. So, well, I should take that back. We actually did have a computer. It was like a big Windows, like, I don't even know. You guys probably are too young to even big, know what they look like. chunky computer. Yeah, it was really like, it took up a lot of space. But um, we didn't have internet, I guess is what I should say. So every time we wanted to watch gymnastics, we would have to like stalk the TV guide that would come in the mail to figure out what was going to be on and Which, when. That's not even a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a TV guide in years. And I think sometimes we just got lucky. Like, we didn't even always necessarily look at the TV guide. We would just turn on the TV and there happened to be gymnastics on. Yeah. And then we'd run and go and get our VHS tape and, you know, make sure it was blank. And <laughs> we'd put it in to record. We always had a record. Yes. Even, like... I would literally have a panic attack if I didn't record. Me too. I'd, I'd be so upset if we couldn't record something or if we missed something. Um, I remember we would even record, like, things that were on the news about gymnastics. It was like, anytime we saw anything about gymnastics on TV, we had to go and record it. Yeah. But... Another thing that was funny about us during that time is that I don't think we understood exactly how gymnastics worked. We thought everything was the Olympics. (laughs) So, of course, you know, we knew the 2004 Olympics, so maybe that's where we got that from in our heads. But from that point forward, we had a really hard time understanding that, like, not every time gymnastics was on TV, it was the Olympics. Yeah. Because I think the next meet that we saw was 2005 American Cup. And I remember I was out with my mom shopping and Brittany, like, called to tell me that there was gymnastics on TV, like, the Olympics were on TV. And our mom, as punishment for something that we did, she actually took away the 2004 Olympics VHS tape because that was our punishment back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Taking away gymnastics? That's how you punish gymnastics fans. You take away their VHS tapes. But Brittany called me, and she's like, oh, like, we got new gymnastics. Like, there's gymnastics on. Like, I recorded it. And I remember saying to my mom, like, ha-ha, like, you got the 2004 Olympics? Well, I got the 2005 Olympics, so ha-ha. <laughs> Joke's <laughs> on you. It wasn't the Olympics. And then, the, like, the Visa Championships ended up coming on, like, a couple months later. We got that recorded. And I remember being just confused, because I was like, wait, the Olympics, like, just happened, like, earlier this year. Like, why are they, why are the Olympics on again? And I think eventually I just came to realize that not Th- There could meet. be gymnastics, and it didn't have to be the Olympics. Yeah. But that was just funny, remembering how I used to think back then. I think around, like, 2009-ish, we got internet at our house, and we had, like, YouTube channels where we made gymnastics montages and would upload them. Mm-hmm. So my username, I think, was, like, volleyballgirly15 or something like that, because I was, like, really obsessed with volleyball back then, <laughs> although I didn't even make the team. But anyways, <laughs> so that was my username, and then you were a gymnastics fan. Gymnastics fan 14. Yeah. Yeah. We would upload montages. Mm-hmm. And we would make, like, YouTube backgrounds. YouTube was set up completely different back then, so, like, I don't even know how to explain it to people that weren't around back then, but you could have, like, a background on your channel, mm-hmm. and it like was a, a custom background. Yes, and it was a very, like, popular thing that, like, all the gymnastics fans did. They'd have, like, their favorite gymnast as their background. Yeah, and I would make it on, like, paint. Like, Microsoft <laughs> paint. And I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty dope for being, like, something that I did. I, I had no experience with, like, cutting gymnasts out. Like, you know on Photoshop, you can, like, cut out a gymnast and, like, put it on a background. And the edges are, like, clean and not, like, yes. jaggedy. I didn't know how to do anything like that back then. I was straight up just using, like, the eraser tool and, like, erasing the whole background around the gymnast. That's actually legendary. It was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it didn't look very good. If I was to look at it now and show that to people, they'd be like, that looks like garbage. <laughs> but I think back then it actually was pretty good. So mm-hmm. 
that's just kind of funny because I remember doing that. I mean, you love doing that. We would take requests and people can like request a background from us. And <laughs> we had so much fun doing that on top of making the montages that we would make. And around that time too, me and Brittany also used to go to our library up in our town a lot. We'd get on our bikes because obviously we didn't have driver's license back then. And we'd ride our bikes up to the library because I think this was like right before we got internet at our house. We, like, just had to get our gymnastics fixed, so we would go and watch, like, YouTube videos, or we'd go and, like, stalk gymnast websites, which that's even really a thing that's... I mean, there are still some websites around, but back then it was, like, every gymnast had a custom website. Yeah, and they would have this thing called, like, a guest book, where you could leave your favorite gymnast, like, a little no, and then they would respond to you. Mm -hmm. So we would go... We would... Every single gymnast that we could think of, we would leave a note in their guest book, and then we would go back, like, the next week to see if they responded. And I remember doing that so much. Yeah, that was, like, our life. And I was so excited, and I felt so cool when they responded. I remember a couple times I even printed it out. Like, I think it was Jenna Rachel's. I think I remember I wrote in her guest book, and I went back, you know, a couple weeks later, and she'd responded. And I literally printed out the interaction, because I thought it was so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that we did was we would print pictures of gymnasts, just, like, random... Like, I think we did it with Jordan a lot, because we discovered around that time that Jordan Weber was from Michigan, and she lived, like, a half hour away from us, so we were like, oh my god, this is so cool. And so we would, like, go to her website, take all of these, like, pictures of her, and, like, make our own little, like, collage, I guess you could say, of Jordan Weber, and then we would just, like, print it out and, like, put it... We wouldn't, like, frame it, but we would, like, just keep it inside of, like, a little, um... What are they called? Like, an, uh, uh, like a photo cle- book. A, like a clear sleeve, yeah, yeah, where we would just have all these photos we printed out. It's just funny to think about, like, how the world has changed, because th- what we're saying right now probably sounds so, like, bizarre to, like, the younger gymnastics fans out there now. Yeah. Like, they probably couldn't even fathom, like, getting on a bike, riding up to a library, like, creating a collage of pictures, then printing it out. Like, it because just... that was the only access at the time that we had. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to look at pictures of Jordan Weber, like, sh- if she wasn't in my inside gymnastics magazine I didn't have internet at home all I had was the pictures I would print out I remember looking for every opportunity that I had to print pictures like I would do it at school too <laughs> like we go to computer class and we were supposed to be like typing and you're printing pictures and I'm like labor. looking around to make sure the teacher's not watching me and I like, pull the picture of Carly Patterson print like go and grab it and like run back to my computer <laughs> That's so. and funny. the best part of it is I still have those photos today so if you guys would like us to post, like, a picture, of, or maybe even a video if you really actually want to see it, I have a book full of, like, all the crap that we did back when we were young kids. <laughs> That's the best part, is I still have it today. <laughs> so, speaking of Jordan Weber, she was actually the first gymnast that we'd ever met. We went to the 2008 Tour of Olympic Champions. Our parents got us that as a birthday present, and we got to meet Cameron Moore and Jordan Weber. They were the gymnasts signing autographs at our stop, because we were in Lansing. And you could pay for, like, the meet and greet for, like, the Olympic team and all the big-name girls, but at the time, Jordan and Cameron were just juniors. They were the local kids, so And Jordan Weber was kind of a big deal at that point in time. She was already the junior national champion. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Cameron was on the national team, so they were both, like, pretty legit. Yeah. But anybody could meet them after the meet for free just because they weren't, like you know, super famous back then. Yeah. And every tour stop had, which I believe they still did this up until recently, but, like, if the tour was at a state that had an elite gymnast in it, 
then the elite gymnasts could compete or not compete, but like perform. Yeah. I'm trying to say mm-hmm. in that show. So that's why Jordan and Cameron, they got to do like a little floor routine together. And then, yeah, they signed autographs afterwards. So we still have those pictures. So we'll probably end up posting a couple pictures from that. If you guys want to see on our Instagram, you can look at all things gym pod. Cause that's probably how we're going to like promote this episode is by posting all our throwback photos. I remember being so nervous watching just the tour, like watching the show. And, like, as I got closer to the end, I started to get, like, this nervous feeling in my stomach because I knew that I was just about to meet Jordan Weber. <laughs> and I still kind of sometimes get, like, this today. Like, just that nervous feeling you get in your stomach when you know you're about to do something. Yeah. And as soon as the show ended, I, like, ran up and got in line right away. So I was the first person in line. Some woman and her mom caught me, but I was, like, the shy little kid back then that wasn't going to say anything. So technically I was second in line because some woman came up and caught me. But... <laughs> Clearly still salty. (laughs) And then, yeah, we got to meet Jordan and Cameron, and that was super, super cool. I remember being so excited. And, yeah, that was our very first time ever meeting a gymnast. So, like Brittany said, we'll share those photos so you guys can see it. See little baby Jordan Weber. (laughs) And baby us, because we were also really young back then. The first meet that we ever went to was 2010 Classics, and we also met a bunch of gymnasts there. That was, like... I feel like that's when we really started to get, like, crazy into gymnastics, was actually going to a meet and seeing, like, what a competition was like, and then getting to meet all the gyms afterwards in the hotel or, like, just at the arena. Like, we became, like, hooked at that point. There's something so thrilling, especially as a younger kid, when you're, like, seeing your favorite gymnast in person. Even if you don't meet them, just being in that atmosphere and, like, seeing them down on the competition floor, it's so much more exciting than it is just watching it on TV. So, that was honestly one of my favorite memories of being a gymnastics fan like even still to this day I just remember it so vividly and I also remember (laughs) bringing this camera so our dad had this really big Brittany you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm about to say no I feel like I it's coming back to me I know exactly what you're about to say and please nobody ask me questions about how I accomplished this because I do not know how I got away with this but it was my dad's really big recorder and I don't even know if they have these things anymore. Like they're just like old. a video camera? Yeah, and it's big. It wasn't like this little like nonchalant, like, you know how they have like the smaller cameras and like you can hold it in your hand and it's kind of like low-key, like you can be casual with it? No. This, like- this was almost like a TV production <laughs> camera. Just about to say that. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And it was heavy. It was. And I carried that thing for the whole damn meet, juniors and seniors. I recorded almost every routine. So- even though it was on TV. Well, I guess juniors weren't, but... yeah. But still, nope, I wanted all of it on my own camera. So, you know, we mentioned all the VHS tapes we have. I actually have the 2010 U.S. Classic. Actually, it was CoverGirl Classics at the time. And juniors and seniors, we have that all recorded. Like home footage? Yep. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) And I remember, so, like, you're not supposed to record that stuff. Like, it's pretty well, like, known, like... And even if you go on the website, like, there's, like, little rules, like, written out in the fine print. Like, you're not supposed to record that stuff. So how I even got into the arena with that camera, I don't know. (laughs) But then I remember... During the meet, like, they come on the announcement thing and they, like, will say, like, please no, like, flash photography or, like, recording, like, they, whatever they say. And I remember some, like, woman turning around and, like, glaring at me. And I'm just sitting there with my giant, like, TV production camera, like, haha, bitch. <laughs> Guess who's watching this later? Not you. That is so funny. 
So also one of my top, you know, favorite memories is being a gymnastics fan and on our first elite gymnastics meet. Also, Jordan Weber was sitting a couple rows in front of us. So even though I'd already met her at that point, it was I still was like starstruck just like looking at her. I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's Jordan Weber. I had like a little digital camera because obviously there wasn't like iPhones You had two cameras. That's how extra you were as a gym fan. You had two cameras. <laughs> well, one ha- for video, one for pictures. <laughs> and I was like taking pictures of <laughs> So creepy. I was like taking pictures of Jordan, like in the audience, because I was literally so that is like so floored. creepy. I know. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> who were some other gymnasts that we met back then in 2010? I know Madison Koshin was like my fave back then. Mm-hmm. We met all the Woga girls, so Lizzie Leduc, Caitlin Ohashi, Mackenzie Wolford, Madison Koshin. I think that was it for mm-hmm. the Woga girls. That was back when Woga had like a million junior elites. Yeah, <laughs> we met Alicia Sacramoni. On our way out from the senior session, she was going to the parking garage or something. I don't know. Yeah, she, she was, like, walking, like, by herself. I think she had her boyfriend at the time with her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she was just, like, walking outside. Like, she went out, like, the normal door. Like, so that normally when you're at a meet, there's, like, an athlete entrance or exit. So they don't have to, like, get mobbed by all the fans and then go out the main doors. But Alicia came out the main door for some reason, which is kind of odd. Yeah. But, yeah, we stopped her and got a picture, which was super cool. Because, obviously, we remembered watching her from the 2008 Olympics. So, and then I think right after... After that, we met Amanda Jetter and Cassie Whitcomb, and Lexi Priestman and Amelia Hunley were there too as juniors, so I believe we met them as well. We didn't get a picture with them, but I believe that was the first time we met them, we got their autographs and stuff. Yeah. So this is around the time that I would say we really got into gymnastics. Like, Okay, we were already into it before, but- But we it, were starting to get older at this point in time, like around like 12, 13. Um, yeah. And but I guess maybe we were probably- yeah, we were like 13 or 14, I think, around that time. And things just kind of progressed, and this is kind of where we got to where we are today. So in 2011, we actually created our blog, Triple Twist Gym Blog, which I feel like a lot of people remember us from there. Any of the people that have been around the gym internet for a while, even like Twitter gym internet, probably remember us being, you know, young girls, and we started that blog, and... So we actually had a website, I guess, for people who don't know like us back then. We had a website or we posted every week articles. We would either, like, write our own stories on stuff or we would interview gymnasts and, like, type it up and it would just be, like, an article that you can read. Now we still run the Twitter account. We don't actually have... I mean, the website still exists if you wanted to go, like, look it up, but it's not... Like, we don't post on there anymore. Yeah, I don't think we've posted anything since 2017. And we kind of really started to phase out after, like, 2016 Olympics. I think that was when we kind of stopped doing it. I mean, here and there, we did a little bit in 2017, but that's, we just got busy going to school and working. We, we grew up, so we, we didn't really have as much time for that as we wanted to, but it was really fun back in the beginning. I think me and Brittany really enjoyed it you know, being involved in the gymnastics world in a different way because we were fans, but that was also kind of where I got my start and my interest in being a a reporter or a journalist. And that's actually the field that I'm going into today. I'm still in college, but I have an interest for writing and particularly when it comes to gymnastics. And that's kind of how it all began. I remember I would sit in classes like back when I was in high school and I would just come up with ideas for the blog and I would sometimes like write stories of course not doing my schoolwork. I'm over here writing about gymnastics <laughs> but that's why my grades were so crappy in high school maybe <laughs> but yeah it was just a really fun thing for us to do back in the day and it was a, a good place for us to channel some of our energy and our focus and our passion for yeah. gymnastics another thing that we started doing was like little video features so 
Ashley reached out to John Getter back in like 2013. And we went to Gellert's to film like a little like post-Olympic feature on Jordan. So we were senior, we were juniors in high school at that point in time. And we ended up going to, we went to Gellert's twice. We went to Tatiana Gutsu's gym because her gym is in Michigan. And then we went to the University of Michigan and we did like two little like features on Michigan. So yeah, I think that we kind of, we were still riding around that time too, but that's when we also sort of branched off into like, I guess, I, I wouldn't call it like video production or like documentary or anything like that, but I think it was kind of like our attempt with a mm-hmm. crappy camera and being like a young person at like making like a, almost sort of like what Flo was doing or Jim Mystique at the time, I guess they were called. Mm-hmm. They were going in and making videos, documentaries, yeah. mini well, series on different gymnasts and so we wanted to do it ourselves. Actually around the time that we went to Gettys for the first time in 2013, Flo or Gymnastique, they were there like right before we were there. I want to say maybe about a month at the most. They were there recording and ours, we didn't know. We didn't know that they were there first of all and then we published ours, and I think theirs came, like, right after ours. They like, might, a week later, They I might think. have taken a little bit longer just to have theirs, like, edited, because obviously theirs is a little bit more of, like, a professional, well-put-together production, whereas ours was just kind of a fun thing that we did. And, of course, we wanted it to look good, but we didn't really have the means to make it look good. We had other people helping us edit. Obviously, our cameras were not that great. No, we were, like, still in high school I mean, I think I think I upgraded from the camera that I used at 2010 classics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We did upgrade. <laughs> but yeah so those videos you can actually still find on youtube with the exception of the first one that we did at getter so there's one with tima williams that is still on our youtube channel but the one with jordan and some of like the level 10 athletes at getter so that one actually got well i don't want to say it got taken down we took it down just because um i think we mentioned this before um we actually took that video down because hbo bought the footage from us to use in the documentary that they made about larry nasser it's called the heart of gold yeah and there's a little portion of that that's about john getter and they needed some footage from inside the gym and we had a lot of that so we actually did you know hand that footage over to hbo so the video still exists if people wanted to see it we could maybe like slide them the link privately so they could yeah. watch it if you haven't seen it already but it's just not public on youtube anymore yeah because we i don't like this legally like i don't want to like get ourselves in trouble yeah because technically that was a part of the like agreement because mm-hmm. we gave it to them and, and they gave us money for it and technically so. the footage now belongs to them so yeah it's on youtube and it's unlisted so there's a possibility that if someone wants to just watch it because they haven't seen it before and they're interested in seeing that i mean it is cool because it's jordan's you know attempted a comeback before she decided to retire for good and before she went to ucla so it's other than gymnastique it's the only training footage that's out there of jordan training after the olympics in 2012 so. and theirs cost money and ours was free so i think a lot of People watched what we put out instead of what Flo was putting out, just for the sheer fact that they didn't have to pay to, like, watch it. (laughs) Right, But also, I just want to say about that video, that was such a cool thing for us to do. One, because we were such big Jordan Weber fans, but also, for me at least, you know, having somewhat of a passion for, you know, creating videos and being a journalist, that kind of made me hungry, I guess you could say, to go down that path and pursue that one day as a career, maybe. So, super cool opportunity, although John Gutter is not a great person as 
we all know at that time in our lives we were really thankful to him for allowing us in the gym and giving us that opportunity so of course he didn't turn out to be who we all thought he was which i mean i guess you could argue that because did we actually think he was ever a good person not really no but. he was questionable from the start but but still i guess giving credit where credit is due we were really thankful for him at that time for allowing us you know being young kids with cameras no experience to give us that experience it really opened a lot of doors for us in the future so for sure yeah so basically since then we took a little bit of a break from the blog we went a few years where we used the blog twitter but we didn't actually like publish anything either video or any writing and then around you know quarantine time was when we made this podcast so i think it was in may Mm-hmm. of this year. April 1st was when the first episode came okay, out. Okay, yeah. So we've been doing that for several months now and we've really been enjoying doing this podcast. I think it's another way for us to have an outlet for our passion for gymnastics. So something to, you know, talk about and just gives us something to do, especially when we were stuck at home not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, and we've always had a passion for gymnastics, obviously. And, you know, like I said, the blog was always that outlet for us. And when we had, you know, if there was something that we wanted to say about something, we had a place to say it. And of course, we always had our Twitter account, but sometimes it doesn't do justice. Like, you really need to just go off and talk about something. You really have something that you feel passionate about, and that's where the podcast really came into play because, you know, we realized that that's a way that we can do that, but... It doesn't necessarily involve all the time that goes into sitting down and writing an article. Not that podcasting is not time consuming because it is. It's very time consuming, but it's easier to talk about it sometimes than it is to sit there and write. So we've really been enjoying doing this podcast and a lot of the connections that we've made through the years on our blog has really helped us to, you know, make the show quality and to have good guests on our show because a lot of people do follow our Triple Twist account and they know us from there. Mm-hmm. So that's really helped to kind of already have that background and that experience with the sport to you know make this podcast what it is i guess aside from the podcast other things that we do now i this is Brittany. i'm not as involved with gymnastics outside of this podcast um i work a full-time job i'm a foster care caseworker i also do a little bit of adoption stuff on the side i recently graduated with my bachelor's in human services and so i'm kind of just starting to become an adult and move on into the real world. I've been looking, you know, at buying a house. And so I'm a very busy person. Ashley does a lot for this podcast and she definitely does more in the gymnastics world too. I guess you can kind of explain a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do outside of this podcast. So I've done a little bit of writing for both International Gymnast Magazine and Inside Gymnastics Magazine. I also do some transcription work for Inside Gymnastics. So whenever there's a big competition, like, you know, U.S. Nationals or World Championships or even the Olympics, they send me all the interviews that they do and I transcribe them for quotes that they can use in the print magazine. Um, So that's been really cool. And especially, you know, like we mentioned in the beginning, that was the first magazine that we ever subscribed to. That was where we got a lot of our news, you know, when we were kids and we didn't have internet. We would rely on that magazine to kind of fill us in on what was happening in the gymnastics world with some of our favorite gymnasts. So that's been really cool to be a part of that. It kind yeah, of feels like, like it's full circle. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Full circle for you. So that's really awesome. And then I've also dipped my toes into a little bit of commentary work. So I'm a student currently at Eastern Michigan University. I'm a journalism major. And my goal someday is to 
to either work in a newspaper or a magazine. I know that jobs are limited within the gymnastics world, but I'm open to anything. Um, if I could have a job that has to do with gymnastics, that would be awesome. That would be my, you know, ideal dream job. So keeping my fingers crossed for that, but I am just kind of trying to get experience wherever I can and trying to make connections wherever I can. And so I think that's really important. While I've been at EMU, I've kind of associated myself with the gymnastics team there a little bit. So I helped, I did an internship over, you know, last winter semester where I would do interviews and video features and kind of help the athletic department produce that content. And I also did the commentary for their home meets, which their meets are broadcasted on ESPN3. So that's not something that I ever saw myself doing, but it was a lot of fun. I felt like while I was there and I had the opportunity to do something like that, I had to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in hearing more about my experience doing commentary, we actually did a whole episode about that. So if you go back... I think it was our second episode episode Mm -hmm. and if you go back and just look through our old episodes you'll see it it's like titled like how I became an ESPN commentator or something like that you'll know what it is when you see it but that kind of goes into more detail about my experience with that yeah I've just uh been having a lot of fun integrating myself into the gymnastics world on the professional side of things obviously you know when this all started I was just a fan and you can tell how the stories have changed from when I was a little kid and it was all about like fangirling and like taking pictures of gymnasts in the audience and now I've grown up I'm an adult and I'm trying to you know still be passionate about the sport of gymnastics but also trying to be professional about it as well so it's been a Uh, a transition but it's a lot of fun and something that I'm super excited and passionate about and I'm hoping to someday in the future stay involved with gymnastics and if I don't with my job if it's not possible with my job uh, hopefully we will always have this podcast to you know talk about gymnastics and stay connected with the gym internet because yeah we've been around for a long time and I know there's a lot of new members on the gym internet just like we have a lot of new members you know or a lot of new listeners I should say on our podcast here so it's been a long journey as gymnastics fans me and Brittany. I know there's plenty of people that have been out there even longer than we have. I've seen some people on Twitter talking about like the International Gymnast Forum days. <laughs> we actually were around for a little bit of that. We weren't like in the very beginning when that was a thing. Or but... what was it? GGMB? Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of gymnastics message boards and that was kind of like the beginning of the gym tonight. And now I feel like the gym tonight is really popular on Twitter and Instagram. Now but... when I'm on Twitter well, and Instagram too, I guess... I don't even know who people are anymore just because it's, like, a whole new generation of people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's I, what I would call, like, our generation of people. And there's, like, the OGs. <laughs> and then now there's, like, this new crap of people. So it's just a, a new group of people that you're meeting and, you know, trying to get familiar with, learn. Um, yeah, and a lot of these people are, are kind of the same age that we were, or they're around that age, when we first joined the gym tonight. So... It's cool to see. I like I like to see all the young people, and it reminds me of myself back when I was their age and a gymnastics yeah. fan. One thing that I would say that's definitely still on my bucket list as a gym fan is going to the Olympics, obviously. I feel like that's an average gymnastics fan's bucket list. But, like, I'm dead set. Like, I'm going. <laughs> I will go. 
Well, the good news is that the Olympics are going to be in the United States in 2028. Yes, right? I think so, yeah. So, LA. So, yeah, so hopefully, doable. <laughs> hopefully, that will give us an opportunity to check that off our bucket list. Another thing that has been on our bucket list, which we were so close to achieving and then COVID ruined it, was going to the Olympic trials. We actually had tickets and we were planning to go for, you know, this year, but then obviously COVID happened. So, hoping that we will still get that opportunity. I'm sure that even if for some reason this Olympics gets canceled, we will find a way to go to Olympic trials again, even if it's, you know, going halfway across the United States. We'll make it happen. But we watched, we've watched so many Olympic trials, you know, on TV and just the atmosphere there seems so incredible. Yeah, it's the energy in the room. I mean, it's exciting to watch on TV and it's like, can you imagine being there in person and experiencing it, it would be so amazing. I feel like that's an experience that every gymnastics fan has to experience at some point in their life. And we've been to so many elite meets and also college meets. We should probably actually say that too. You know, we've been to several elite meets, but we've only ever been to the U.S. Classic, which is kind of ironic because we've been to about four or five of them now. Yeah, I think, yeah. I and exactly. it, we've just gotten lucky with the fact that they've all been in Chicago. And I think one year it was in Ohio. So yeah. it's all within driving distance of where we live in Michigan. And then we've also been to a lot of college meets, obviously University of Michigan. We've always been Michigan fans. So we started going to college meets back in 2011. Yeah. So we've been college gymnastics fans for a while. And season too. ticket holders for Michigan mm-hmm. for that one. So I know. So yeah, we, we're like been... the number one Michigan gymnastics fans. <laughs> I like to like proudly claim that title. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to say, yeah, because we've been, you know, going consistently for so long. So, yeah, we have a long history with gymnastics and hoping to, you know, keep it going in the years to come. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, no matter how old we are, I'll always love gymnastics and I'll always want to be involved somehow. I remember thinking, like when I was a little bit younger, like when we were like teenagers, like, are we always going to do the blog? Are we always going to have triple twists? Like, what are we going to do? But it's like, I want to be involved somehow. And what I like is the gym internet is so diverse. There's so many people from all over the world and there's people of all ages is what I really love. Yeah. So it, you don't really feel out of place being in the gym internet. I feel like it's such a welcoming community to everybody, regardless of like who you are and your age. It's just such a welcoming place and that's something that I really appreciate about the gym tonight. No, I know. That's so true. So I think that we'll always be involved some way or another. How, I guess, remains to be seen, but I think that, you know, we'll always love gymnastics. It's It's been such a big part of our lives, and some of the greatest moments that we've had in our lives have been because of gymnastics. So it's been some of our most exciting moments or some of our happiest moments. So I just love gymnastics so much, and my life really wouldn't be what it is without it, I want to say. I know. It feels really dramatic to say that, but it's so true. And it's helped me figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Like, everybody has a passion. And it wasn't until, you know, we started watching gymnastics that I realized and discovered my passion for journalism, even, and, and telling and covering, stories. Yep. Covering the sport. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really grateful, not only for the sport of gymnastics, but I'm thankful for the gym internet as well, because we've met so many amazing people. Even in like our real lives, we've met so many people when we go to meets, people recognize us, which is super crazy, mm-hmm. but we love it. So, you know, even going forward, if you guys ever see us in the audience, like please come up and say hi to us. Yeah, I consider the people that we actually meet to be like real life friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's one of our friends, Sarah, she actually like comes and stays with us every year, like at our house and she knows our family 
like she'll go hang out with us with like our siblings that don't live at home anymore she's literally become one of our real life best friends Mm -hmm. and she's somebody that we met just at a gymnastics meet back in 2013 Mm -hmm. and yeah we've just stayed friends ever since and there's just, even just on social media, you know, now having all different kinds of social media platforms, it's easy to keep in contact with the people on the gym tonight, even just in your personal life. Like, I, I'm friends with so many people on Facebook and Instagram, and it's cool that you actually get to know these people. How does it stop? <laughs> It's cool that you get to know these people on a more personal level. I have a friend, I won't say her name just because I don't think she wants people like knowing like, her real name tied to her account, but um, I had a friend last year in one of my classes actually knew me from being like one of the girls from the Triple Twist Gym Vlog. And Which is so crazy. Yeah, she came up to, uh, came up to me after class one day and... Yeah, we've been to meets now together, and, like, I would say that we're actually friends. We're taking classes. We have two classes this semester together, even though it's online. But, yeah, it's just Real-life friendships that gymnastics is what brought us to those people. So that's so cool. So like we mentioned earlier, we'll end up posting some fun photos throughout the week on our social media just to kind of, like, promote this episode. Because we have all kinds of stuff, whether it be, like, pictures with gymnasts or just random things. Like, we had a gymnastics birthday cake one year, stuff from our collection, just things that you guys might like to see. It might be kind of cool. So be on the lookout for that. And then also, let us know if you want to hear some more stories. We have a couple other funny or fun stories from our experience as gymnastics fans. so, like, there was a time where John Getter was literally at the Olympics tweeting at us angry <laughs> because he didn't like something that we were tweeting because it had a swear word in it. So, stuff like that. Or, like, we can tell you about the first time we met Simone Biles. Yeah, I feel like that's actually kind of a cool story. Yeah. Or we have some pretty crazy stories about gymnasts getting mad at us for various different reasons. People threatening to sue us. Like, gymnastique. And then also, Ashley Stott. We, we told that story on the podcast before, but if you haven't heard it, we'll tell it again. So, just let us know if there's other stories that you want to hear from us we'd love to do an episode like this again and also if you're a gymnastics fan and you have some cool stories we'd love to hear from you as well so you can either send in an audio clip of you telling us a little bit of your gymnastics background and how you became a gymnastics fan or you can just send us an email and you know tell us whatever stories you want to tell us and we'll maybe talk about it on the show if we do another episode like this so we'd love to hear from you our email is allthingsgympod at gmail.com and then you can find us on twitter and Instagram at all things gym pod as well. That'll do it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed hearing some of our stories as gymnastics fans, and hopefully you got to know a little bit more about us. Next week, we are hoping to have Shaylee Jones on the show. There's a possibility that we might have to reschedule because our work schedules have been kind of crazy, but as of right now, it's the plan to have her on the show next week, so stay tuned for that. And we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will talk to you next Monday. Bye! Bye!